ready, AP? Ready when you are. Let's lay this baby down. Lofty, you on the guitar, mate? You right, Scope? Yep, standing by. Freddie, you on the bass? Yep, ready to go. All right, here we go then. One, two, three, four. Just two good old boys. Two good old boys. Never meeting a harm. Before he never saw the hand, no hair since the day they was born. Straighten the curves. Straighten the curves. Flatten the heels. The coffee might get him, but the Lord never will. For casting away. everybody and welcome to the Mojo Radio Show. Welcome on board the big red bus. If you are new to the bus, what do we do here on this little program? Well, it turns out that over seven seasons, we've collected a wide variety of interesting people who we think have a point of view. They have done something in their world that has their mojo working. We chat to them, we extract their opinions, their tips, their tools, stuff that we can use in our own world to get our mojo working or perhaps during these challenging times globally, things we can take to help somebody else who might have lost their mojo. The crew is all on board. This week we're heading due north to discover the rules of engagement. It's a world of startups, marketing, creating a brand. And in many ways, it's kind of, as we'll, we'll talk about through this show, it's kind of the basis of marketing warfare. And I think there's a lot to take from this show. Everybody is here. Robbo, is the bus serviced and in gear? Uh, the bus is serviced and in gear, and I'm going to dive into the mailbag this week. That's what I like about you. The Mojo Radio Show. Uh, Got to say g'day, and thanks for the very nice words to Jasmine Blake. Jazzy commented on a Facebook post about the Jesse Cole interview we did the other week, episode 273. I'm sure you remember that one, Gaz. I have had numerous approaches from different podcast hosts from around the world saying, heard the show, loved it. Can you introduce me to Jesse? So he's cool. been getting a lot of mail from me. Well, 
Uh, Jazzy had this to say. She said, seriously, you guys and your guests have delivered some nuggets of gold over the history of the Mojo radio show. But for anyone seeking to master their customer service, this episode with Jesse Cole delivered a truckload of it. I found him so inspiring and definitely am a student of the great Walt Disney. Thanks, guys. I now have a brand new virtual mentor. P.S. I think this episode is worthy of an entry in my gratitude journal today. I wonder if there's any mention of you in her Gratitude Journal AP. Uh, Only the bit about the banana, but we won't go into that. (laughs) Savannah banana? Indeed. Has great appeal. Robbo's Remarkable Facts. Let's go. Well, as we come out of a COVID coma here in Australia and lockdown restrictions ease, thoughts turn to dining out. And this story in particular caught my eye. It's been a rough past few decades for the oyster farmers in Shakespeare Bay in Maryland in USA as overfishing and disease have threatened their oyster production. Oysters produced in the bay have dropped from some 15 million in the 1800s to about 900,000 in the last few years. So in a plan to restore the population, the state of Maryland, scientists at the Horn Point Laboratory, the Army Corps and National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration have now created the largest oyster farm on the planet. It's home to more than one billion oysters. And the area is now a no-fishing zone, which will hopefully give the population a chance to grow even more. And AP, you'll appreciate this. In an unrelated fact, it's also apparently related to a 60% increase in condom sales in the area. (laughs) And they're certainly zinking out of the square. (laughs) Glass of champagne, couple oysters, sounds good to me. Oh, yeah. Go figure. The Mojo Radio Show. Well, across Europe... You know, we talked about drive-ins last week and taking the big red bus to drive-in. And this, this is the reason I say this is because I think for anyone listening, for all of us, it's incumbent upon us right now to say what changes have happened, what will stay in the future, and what will disappear. So across Europe, pastors have now set up drive-in churches, and promoters have set up drive-in concerts. And there's even drive-in plays where you drive in your car and you can watch a play on stage. And Dutch rapper Dope Boy, who's a big fan of the show, Dopey, Dope the Dopinator, <laughs> the he, dope uh, he did a disco in a drive-in theatre. So everybody sat in their car and he was up on stage and he did a disco. So How do you dance in your car? A convertible maybe? Yeah, but once what was once old and outdated and dying, and there was one in every town, has now come back, and I just wonder what will happen with the drive-in theatre. <laughs> and what it made me think of was AP turning up at the turnstile, going, three adults in a concession, thanks, mate. <laughs> Sorry, Lola. <laughs> Where should I park the big red bus? Uh, Lola, that's cool. Concession card. Um, are you coming along as well, Gary? No, that's the pensioner's card. Now, the other thing that's really curious, and this is, this is a little bit of creativity, Disney World have reopened, and they're obviously wanting people to practice social distancing. But rather than have security guys walk around, they've got stormtroopers from Star Wars walking around and instructing people and getting them to say they're social distancing. Well, obviously, Disney World were listening to the Jesse Cole interview. Well, Mickey and Minnie have always been big fans. and <laughs> But here's, here's the flip side, which is really odd. A Japanese theme park has opened, but they're urging 
guests not to scream on the roller coasters. <laughs> I just honestly, there is some stuff you go that's really clever, that's really cool. Drive in, stormtroopers, other stuff you go, oh, really? Hey there, hi there, ho there, you're as welcome as can be. The Mojo Radio Show. Our guest this week is Katie Caps, who's the co-founder of a really interesting business called Higher Dose. Now, Higher Dose is a imagine it's kind of a spa, but it's on the next level. Not just in what they do, but actually in the the health and wellness therapies that they introduce. And they've got now, it's only been going a couple of years. They've got a staff of over 70. They're in 11 locations, nine of which are in New York. And it's attracting some really interesting people who are seeing the benefits of this higher-dose spa wellness treatment. And there's a lot of influencers and models and athletes and stuff. Michelle Williams goes there. Apparently, Leonardo DiCaprio. Leo, big fan of the show. G'day, mate. This is a show, when you hear Katie talk about what they've done and how they've done it, this is a show about starting up. And in marketing warfare terms, if you can't own a category, create your own. And that's what they've done with this. And I think it's interesting in hearing Katie talk about what she's done is all the moving pieces that need to line up, you need to get right. It's almost like a checklist you can play across your own brand to execute a strong marketing plan. Now, many people think they're good at marketing. They don't actually understand how it works. This is the thinking and not just the doing part. And I think this is really quite profound for all of us. So, Katie, welcome to the Mojo Radio Show. Thanks for having me, guys. When people meet you for the first time, Katie, and they ask you what you do, how do you like to reply? Well, I usually say I own an infrared sauna spa based in New York. Um, And, you know, I, I say that, you know, we also have other products and services that help people get high naturally and live healthier and better lives. And I also tell people that I'm interested in biohacking. You know, it's interesting, having looked at what you guys are doing, has it been a bit of a challenge for you, Katie, that when you say own a sauna spa with the perception as we, we're talking about brand as we go through the show, but the perception that carries, because instantly when you say that, I think a lot of people would see a certain picture of what a sauna spa means to them. Has that been a bit of a challenge for you to turn that perception to create this new category? You know, when my business partner and I launched Higher Dose around four years ago, um, sauna culture was not popular at all in the US. You know, it was very rare um, for people to think about like going to get a Schwitz or specifically going somewhere to pay to use a sauna. It was just um, completely foreign to New Yorkers and other areas in the States. And uh, I think, you know, initially Instagram really helped people kind of get an idea of what an infrared sauna spa looked like um, because our our saunas specifically have medical grade LED lights and it's really cool and fun to take photos inside of them. So right when we launched, you know, we got a, a lot of love on Instagram 
And then people were able to see photos and go, oh, okay, I kind of get it. Like you're sitting in a little woodshed box and there's maybe like another person with you because our saunas are big enough for two to three people. Um, but yeah, we had to, you know, like tell our story through press, through influencers. Um, and then there was like the leap from just giving people a visual to actually helping them understand the benefits and why infrared is so much more powerful than a traditional sauna. This is, I find this quite interesting because in marketing warfare terms, they say if you start a new business and you can't own a category, create your own category. And so it's hard to own sauna and spa because there was a long history. But then you've had to create your own category, which is about the whole infrared. And it just occurs to me that had it not been for the for the opportunity these days to have Instagram, because you're, as we'll talk about, the brand is very visual. Yeah. That really has been a turning point for you guys, hasn't it? Because it's it's allowed you to visually show it where back of the day you would have had to have worked so much harder to get that new category set up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I would definitely credit Instagram with being a huge force that pushed our business forward and helped us succeed really quickly and in a big way um, without a lot of marketing dollars behind us, quite frankly. And, you know, it, it also is quite helpful to be based, you know, in New York City, where there's tons of models, people in the entertainment industry, um, and influencers that are naturally trying out products that make them look younger, um, perform better, because it's, you know, it's their job to look good. So we, when you have people like that coming in, they're looking for content to post on their platforms. And hey, you happen to use our product naked. It's basically like every marketer's dream of kind of like naked photos of beautiful people using your product. Um, so mm. that's been extremely cool. And then in terms of also like the the concept of creating a new category, I'm glad you brought that up because one thing, you know, that Lauren and I were really um, – conscious of when we launched is we we weren't the kind of people that wanted to start another wellness company that was all around you know eating healthy and exercise and just like the messaging that you've been hearing for years and years and instead we made our tagline get high naturally because of the kind of feeling of euphoria that you get after you use the infrared sauna um, because the the infrared actually, helps you release serotonin and it decreases cortisol. So you get this like amazing feeling like you're floating on air. Um, and, and we thought it was just like a big opportunity to communicate health and wellness in a different way. And that's actually part of our name that the dose and higher dose stands for dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins, which are your four main happy chemicals. And, you know, as we've continued to build the company and the brand um, were really like pushing people to think about their health in, in that perspective. Just on that, I've never heard anybody group together the happy chemicals. Now, I think it's really clever you put it into the brand name and then the story behind the brand name. And I know you've been on Dave Asprey's show Bulletproof Radio, and he he's, he is the kind of leading this whole biohacking movement. What's the evidence behind this 
Katie, with with the with the infrared, how how do we know that it is actually upping the happy chemicals in dose dopamine, the serotonin, oxytocin, endorphins? How how do we know that's happening? What have you guys done that gives people a reason to believe that's true? Sure. Well, I think there's two things going on. There's the actual um, effects that the sauna, the infrared sauna itself produces. And then there's the higher dose experience where we also are adding in bells and whistles that are designed to up your dose. So up those four happy mm. chemicals we talked about. And just starting, starting with the sauna. Um, so one thing that happens when you're in infrared is um, it speeds up your heart rate to the pace of a light jog. So basically, while you're sitting there, um, your body thinks that it's going for a run, and then it starts releasing endorphins, which we all we all know what those are from exercise. And then um, serotonin is another happy chemical that infrared helps you release because um, you know normally it's the kind of thing people might have heard that like sitting in the sun releases serotonin or doing a meditation. Um, but as infrared increases your core body temperature, that is also releasing serotonin in your body. And then on top of that, um, like I mentioned before, um, it lowers cortisol and it does that by basically increasing, um, your vasodilation. So it basically like make sure blood vessels expand as they're heating up and that puts your body into rest and digest mode. Um, so it basically puts you into like a state of relaxation, which is the opposite of fight or flight. Uh, and that's what, that's, what's lowering the cortisol. And then in terms of the other happy chemicals, dopamine and oxytocin, um, we, we always wanted our experience to kind of be like a luxury high end hotel meets wellness center. So it's almost like Think, think like hotel room, sexy nightclub, but you're doing something that's good for you. And, you know, a big part of like that kind of nightclub meets health club experience is music. So we always made sure to have really cool, like Burning Man mixes playing. Um, and the, that type of music releases dopamine in your brain. We also give people the chance to play their own music in the sauna, um, and then in terms of oxytocin, oxytocin is the happy chemical that makes you feel connected to other people and bonded and you get it through socializing. We always encourage people um, to use our bring a friend option so that you can catch up with your friend while you do the sauna or bring your lover or your significant other. And that's what's going to give you the boost in oxytocin as part of our experience. This is, I find this quite fascinating when you start breaking it down with the thinking behind the brand. And it is, it is, when you look at the photos of the website, which I put in the show notes, it, it does look like a high end luxury hotel. It's beautifully styled, beautifully presented. And I can imagine people walking into this atmosphere and feeling, feeling very different even before they start the treatment. What, all the thinking behind dose the happy chemicals, the styling, was that, because the company's not that old. Did you guys sit 
with a whiteboard and start to design this? Was it something that happened organically as you grew? Like who who or what was the process for building this thing? Was it all done before you started? I mean, I think it really came from Lauren and I and our taste and preferences and our our likes and personalities. I mean, Lauren um, has a background in international modeling, TV hosting, nutrition. So she's always kind of understood um, the value of aesthetics and like the power of beautiful people in marketing. And, you know, I also studied at the London School of Economics and took a lot of marketing courses. And that always came pretty naturally to me too. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that sex sells. Um, so our original website, you know, for, <laughs> and Lauren hates it when I say it like that because it sounds so crude. But um, our, you know, our original website, which I built myself, you know, did like didn't actually even have a photo of a sauna on it. It was the concept was like beautiful naked women in nature looking euphoric um, because really we wanted to like sell people a dream versus just selling them what the actual product was. So there was, there was that aspect of the visuals. And then I think, you know, having lived so long in New York, I've just always loved hanging out at luxury hotels and like going and doing my work at the Bowery hotel and like doing staycations at the standard. And there was always just something about the wallpaper and the ambiance and the smells and the music, you know, these, these types of, hospitality organizations know exactly what they're doing in terms of creating a seductive experience. So that was, that was really our inspiration for the wallpaper we chose and the lighting and the music. And, um, actually one of our locations is within a luxury hotel, 11 Howard. Um, we took over five hotel rooms and pulled out the bed and instead replaced one, with a, you know, replace the bed with an infrared sauna and guests who go there, like have their own shower and bathroom. And it really just feels, it feels like a a treat on top of a treat to, to give our clients that environment. You talked about your study. If I take you guys back, you actually started work in the finance industry in the very big end of town in New York. And I've heard you say that you worked hard and you played harder. And when you think back through that period, Katie, where you were going at it pretty hard, working on Wall Street in big corporations, the big end of town, what did you take from that experience that you did not want to be replicated in dose? So when you look at that big corporate world, what did you not want to take into your own company? Anyone who's worked in a big organization, you know, most people will complain about the red tape and the higher and the hierarchy and just kind of like the the bureaucracy of it um, is usually not appealing to people. Like I could see some liking it, but um, that you know, I wasn't a big fan of that of having to like put in FaceTime and stick around the office for long hours, even if there wasn't that much to do, just to to make it seem like you were committed and that sort of thing. And I was always of the philosophy Mm. that I could do, you know, I could potentially get more work done in two hours if I, if my energy was right and on my own terms versus being chained to a desk for 10 or 12 hours, just because, 
Um, so in terms of how we run our company, I think Lauren and I are very, we're, we're almost like family at this point. So we trust each other that we're going to like stay on top of getting our work done. And even if we're traveling or working remotely or, you know, just for instance, Lauren taking maternity leave for four months last year, it wasn't a problem. Like we still company grew a hundred percent even while she was gone. And I think, I think that's, that's important to us to not have a lot of rules, but to like work based on energy, if that makes sense. But it's interesting in that relationship, it's been pretty rocky at times, hasn't it? I mean, you've had some pretty hard times between you. The company's not that old. And particularly when the company wasn't making money and there was cash flow pressure, there was, you know, a real tension between the two of you. How did you get through that period, Katie? How did you resolve that to where you are today? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And it's true that before the company was making money and before we were able to raise much money, you know, we'd both given up a lot of other opportunities to build something together. And I think when there's that type of uncertainty and then there is some tension, it just kind of like amplifies it because you're already stressed about, you know, your lifestyle and if this is going to make it. And I think the thing that kept us together was just, how much we both really loved infrared and believed in it. And even when things were not looking so good and we were upset with each other, like the fact that we were so obsessed with the sauna ended up keeping us together. And um, I remember like sometimes we would even, you know, do our, do meetings together in the sauna. And then afterwards we would like immediately feel bonded and connected again. So I think it's so important as an entrepreneur to be passionate about what you're doing for that reason too, because it helps like alleviate tensions that are going to come up with, with you and the people you're working with. It's funny, you know, when you, when you look back through people's careers, and if I take you back not that long ago, it was only 2012, your mum asked you what you wanted out of life and your answer was to feel euphoric. What was that moment where you went, this is, this is the thing that I could do to help me achieve that dream? Do you remember that moment where you went, huh, this might be it? I do. I, um, I think that, at, you know, at the time in 2012, I was working for this company, Tough Mudder. We actually were the, we expanded to Australia, um, but we were a mud run company and, um, in my spare time, you know, I, I love that. It was, it was fun. But in my spare time, I was just always exploring whatever I could find that would give me uh, a natural high. And, uh, you know, I really, I got into colonics, I got into acupuncture, um, anything that would give me that euphoric natural high. And I, you know, in my mind, I was tinkering with business models that might make sense for, for those type of practices. But nothing really clicked. And then when I met Lauren and she told me to try the infrared sauna, I tried it once and I was immediately addicted. And I had that like feeling of a runner's high just from sitting in the sauna for like 45 minutes. And, you know, it seemed like a pretty, pretty straightforward business model. So I thought, wow, this is this is something that gets you high, that makes you feel euphoric, that 
we could really bring to the masses quite quickly and I would be able to work on my own terms as an entrepreneur, not work for someone else. And I thought, hey, even if this fails, at least I'll be able to do the sauna every day and feel great. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't care. I'll, I'll work at a coffee shop to make ends meet. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. That really, it really all clicked for me with higher dose. So I, I guess I feel lucky about that. You mentioned Tough Mudder, and you you launched that brand into the international markets. You mentioned Australia and the UK and Germany and stuff. When you look back, and even today, we've, we've spoken to Joe DeSena from Spartan, Tough Mudders. Mm-hmm. It continues to have this growth and this incredible traction across the world. When you look back, Katie, why, why do you think Tough Mudder or Spartans, why do you think there is so much attraction for people? What, what do you think people are trying to get from it or what, what desire does it satisfy? I think there were a couple of things going on in the – in the broader economy and trends um, that we saw in consumer behavior that really helped uh, jettison Tough Mudder and Spartan into these like huge forces very quickly. And I think one of them might resonate now is that, you know, during a recession or economic downturn, typically people turn to running and endurance sports as a form of exercise because, you know, maybe they lost jobs and they're looking for something um, that's going to help them with their self-esteem and feeling motivated and feeling better about themselves, which for a lot of people like running, biking, that sort of thing does. And it's relatively cheap. I mean, if you buy, if you buy a pair of running shoes and you sign up for one event, you know, that can, you can stay entertained for months training for what, like, you know, a couple hundred bucks versus, you know, classes that are 45 bucks a pop or gym memberships or whatever. Um, so it, it was the economic downturn. And I also think, um, the events were super Instagrammable, you know, like all the fun, weird obstacles were things that people loved talking about and taking photos of. So there was this like viral word of mouth component to it. Um, that again, like that was when, you know, Facebook, Instagram were taking off. So that, that helped Tough Mudder and Spartan. And then I think on top of that, you know, at least at Tough Mudder, there was this idea that we were tapping into this core, um, this kind of like core motivation in men that they want to look tough in front of other men. So I think it was like playing into that whole like concept around there. And if you're like performing in a group, you're like more motivated to, to look like a tough guy. But, um, yeah, I think Spartan was a little different in that it, it was competitive versus tough mutter being based more on teamwork. But I think either way, like the concepts of like competition with Spartan and teamwork and camaraderie with tough mutter have like always been around and popular. Um, and I just think it was like all those factors coming together that, that made them such a like force in the industry back then and even still today to a certain extent. It's funny because you use those words to be a force. You've you've got this dream between you guys, you and Lauren, to have a higher dose be a trusted brand in the future. Where, where's the product? Where do you see the product offering going to? What's what's the future look like in terms of what we could expect from higher dose? 
So I really, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And it's something that we're really focused on now as we have really been doubling down on our product side of the business, obviously with, with, um, the coronavirus implications, you know, it's like made a lot of sense to double down on product. And of course our locations are closed temporarily. So we've had more time, um, to build that out. And I think the direction that we're going is around heat, light, and energy. So those are going to be like our core product categories. And in terms of heat, you know, we already have our infrared sauna blankets, which are very successful. Um, we've been selling our own higher dose custom saunas. And then we, on the light side of things, have offered LED light therapy with our sauna blankets at our spa locations. And we've started actually developing our own red light mask, um, which we're going to be launching probably in August. And we also have um, a blue light product that helps with sanitation, um, killing germs and bacteria, which we feel like is going to be more of a focus in the post-coronavirus world. But it's also, you know, like a product category that we're, we've we're knowledgeable about at this point because we've been, we've been studying red light and blue light. Um, and we have, we have something in the pipeline there. And then in terms of the energy component, um, I think higher dose was always, like I said, founded around this idea of getting high naturally. And we just see more people, you know, millennials and the generation below are very concerned about, being conscious and aware and into meditation. We see people shifting away from drugs and alcohol to get a natural high. So we've been working on developing these herbal based tinctures that help, you know, boost your energy, boost your mood, kind of like give you that body buzz and relaxed feeling without the use of drugs and alcohol. So that's really how we want to help people raise, raise their energy field is with those tinctures. So at the moment, that's where that's where we see things going. So heat, light, and energy is that kind of how do you how do you physically use those three words? So it's interesting during this period, and I haven't heard you talk about that before as succinctly. What are those three words to you guys? Like, how do you use them as a philosophical thing? And then are they then directing the product and the brand? Yeah, I mean, I think they are <clears throat> kind of this, to me, they're, they're somewhat ethereal words in a way that kind of um, link, link our, spirit, our understanding of spirituality with our understanding of science that we see like coming together more and more with thought leaders like Joe Dispenza, who's like very specific about ways that you can raise your energy field to attract in more of what you desire in your life. And I think it's, it's all aligned with also this idea of um, the quantum field and how we can um, basically like operate and get what we want in a nonlinear fashion and almost like communicate telepathically as we become more sophisticated mm. about controlling our, controlling our energy fields. And we see really heat, light, and then these uh, these other like 
you know, plant-based ways to improve your energy is really kind of almost being like church-like in a way in terms of their potential, um, their, their ability to help elevate your human potential. So it's, it's kind of like a grand ethos and, um, we don't claim to be engineers or scientists ourselves, but we feel like we're very good at working with, um, the best, most cutting edge, um, like product and tech specialists to help us bring these to fruition. Hmm. So I mentioned the virus. It's a, (laughs) a girl can dream, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's interesting. I, I, it's such an unusual time for all of us. And you, you do use Instagram a lot as your hub for not only higher dose, but also for you personally. And something you wrote, which I'm curious about to see where you're at today. Yeah. You said, quarantine has got me peeling back the layers, learning to survive without my usual crutches of dry bar and a bing lash. And I think, Robbo, we all love our bing lashes. Uh, <clears throat> but it's, it's, it's forced you to focus on exploring pure and natural beauty. Grateful for almost two weeks without alcohol and more clarity on how I want my future to look moving forward. Also, swapping out my jacket budget for lingerie hasn't been all that bad. Turns out I don't need a bunch of things I thought I needed after all. Where are you now? What have you taken from this period? What have you discovered in terms of self-awareness from this period? Because that's, that's quite an interesting post. What have you discovered about yourself during this period of uncertainty and lockdown, Katie? Yeah, I mean, thanks for um, asking. That's because it has been, uh, you know, I think a lot of people who are lucky enough to have not had a really big economic hit or they're not first-line responders or, you know, who, who it hasn't been super stressful for have viewed this period as an opportunity to focus on self-development. And I think I, you know, with with all the bars and restaurants and services being shut down in New York, I think I've realized how much time, quite frankly, I spent wandering around, going out and about, socializing, you know, doing all these things that are great, but that they can also kind of just distract from personal development. And I think it's given me time to realize that we're all like capable of shaping this image of ourselves and who we want to be and, you know, creating like a lot of beauty in our lives on our own without, without relying on external validation or needing, you know, to run around and do a bunch of stuff to achieve that. So I think I've kind of just gone like back to the basics and been exercising more and, um, boozing less and just thinking about, what's important from a big picture perspective and spirituality and how, how I approach relationships. And, um, I don't know, just, I guess that's, that's probably what a lot of people have been doing. So nothing super revolutionary, but it's been a nice enforced break and time period to do that. Has that time period allowed you to, do you think be better strategists for higher dose Katie, because that period of your own self-awareness stripping things back, do you think that's allowed you some freedom and space to actually think differently about the business and where the business is going in the last 
month? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, it's a, it's a shame that our locations aren't open right now um, because our product does boost immunity. And I think doing the sauna would, would help a lot of people, but you know, for obvious reasons, we're not open. And that's, like I said, it's given Lauren and myself more time to take a step back, you know, not worry about whether our saunas broke down or if a staff member didn't show up and really say like, who are we? Who is hired us? What direction are we going? And then what does that translate into in terms of like an ethos and a product line, which is how I think we're able to gain more clarity around this heat, light, energy direction, and then take mm. more take more steps to manifest that um, and and uh, actually do what we've always intended to do, which was make the brand bigger than just infrared. The hot and cold therapy is something that is important to you guys. As part of the high-dose ethos, you guys personally do it. If somebody is in lockdown or isn't able to get to one of your locations, doesn't have a high-dose sauna blanket, can hot and cold therapy work just with our shower? I mean, are there benefits from just doing the hot and cold in our own homes? Yeah, absolutely. I actually try and do a cold shower at least every other day. Um, and it's one of my favorite, most accessible biohacks. Um, so if you have, especially if you have like a, a dry brush that you can use before it, if using that will help, um, with lymphatic drainage and stimulating your lymph system. What I do is I basically dry brush and then I put on some body oil, which helps soften the blow of the cold water and then I'll put on a song that's like three minutes long and um, do a three-minute cold shower. And honestly, I come out of there with my endorphins soaring high, feeling amazing, feeling focused and clear. Um, it just totally resets your energy. And, I, you know, I'm, you probably don't, in, ter in terms of the hot therapy, um, most people don't have, like you said, like a sauna or sauna blanket in their home. But you can in the shower alternate between the hot water and the cold water. Um, but I do recommend at least three minutes of pure cold, um, consecutively so that you get that, you know, endorphin boost. Just to, um, finish this up, Katie, something I heard you say, which I was interested in, you said your mum taught you to be independent. How did she do that? When you think back through your childhood, how did you, what, what did your mum do? to help you have this belief in yourself to be independent? Yeah. I mean, it's such a gift that she gave me. I think, you know, it's, we're so lucky as women now we, we actually can be independent and self-sufficient in a way that, um, you know, women generations ago didn't have those opportunities. And I think the most, the most obvious way to be independent is just to be able to earn your own income and not, not, um, look, look for a spouse or a partner to do that for you. So she, you know, the clear way of doing that is doing well in school, getting good grades. She always taught me to prioritize school and sports and then would kind of like reward me based on good, getting good grades and just taught me the value of an education. And, um, and I guess it's, you know, to me that just seemed obvious that, 
any mother would do that. But, you know, I actually have a lot of like friends and acquaintances and people I know who never had that drummed into them. So I feel really lucky that, that I did have that influence from my mom and she herself was a very strong, independent, successful career woman. So she was a a good example for me. Well, Katie, this has been, I I find it really interesting because when you go back through the business model you've created, there's so much, so much to take that people can relate to their own businesses around having and creating a new category and a risk, giving a people a reason to believe it works through even the name and the backstory to dose, how you've gone about designing it. I, I find it absolutely quite fascinating. And I, I, I'm hoping people will go and investigate the work you and Lauren are doing to look at how you've gone about doing it for them to take, as Logan Gilbrick would say, not the outcome, but the process of what you've done, then apply it to their own business brand or their own dreams. Where do you send people who want to learn more about high dose or product offering, the locations, the blankets and so on, and or you guys, Where where's the hub for you? Yeah, at the moment, I would say um, our our Instagram page is a great source for just getting a, an idea of our vibe and um, tips and tricks. So our Instagram, our newsletter, um, our website, we're in the process of redesigning it. So I don't, <laughs> I I think a few pages are going. <laughs> oh, that old, that old chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> it, that could use a little work. So I would say just go to our Instagram. It's at higher dose. Well, it's been an absolute delight meeting you. I hope one day in New York we can have a cup of coffee when all this madness settles down to learn more about it. And I'm sure all the guys in the studio would love to uh, share a, <laughs> a hot infrared with you one day. AP's having a hot toddy. <laughs> hot toddy. Well, a little hot toddy. Yeah, I like toddy. She's my favourite. Thank you for the really thoughtful <laughs> questions. I can tell you did you did your homework. I'm impressed. Um, and I really enjoy chatting with you. All right, everybody. This is Jason Overcome Redman. I may have survived an Al-Qaeda ambush in Iraq, but it was even harder to survive the Mojo Radio Show. AP, your skin is absolutely glowing today. Have you been sneaking off and having some infrared saunas behind our backs? <laughs> absolutely. You do look like you've, you've got a very natural glow today. Are you sure you're not pregnant? <laughs> uh, no. The Mojo Radio Show. What did you get out of it? I got a massive headache. Okay, let's just calm down. What's the so what? So Ah... The old website needs some work story, eh? I think a lot of the stuff needs some redoing because we we become just another one and rarely does someone have any distinct point of difference. Now, I don't know whether these guys did it strategically from the outset, but in hindsight, they've done a really good job because they were already wellness bars. They were already saunas. They're already wellness centers. And marketing warfare dictates this comes back to the days of musashi and sun tzu and all the great teachers of the past if you can't own a category create your own and they've done that with their sauna done with ultraviolet and the way they've they've set it all up they've absolutely created their own category and then you go well that's all good i even queried on this i said why should i believe you like what's the data behind this not only can they drop names of people who are going there, 
because they're seeing the benefits, but also even the name, the backstory in the name of DOS, which is dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and the endorphins. So you can do a checklist to say, do you own a category? If you, if you can't own it, have you created your own? And you can, you can do this in retrospect. Do you have a true reason to believe? Do you have the data? Do you have the backstory, the testimonials? And once you've got those things ticked off the box, then you can go through as they did and look at the, the whole, every element of the brand, the architecture, the tones, the colors, the styling, the way they then presented that on Instagram, the Insta photos. I, I think it's really interesting. And something else which they're doing, which I'm not even sure if they know they're doing, but they've got a set of brand values or what I'm going to call it, brand values or the essence that they check things off against to say if they're going to extend the brand, does it resonate with heat, light and energy? It's, it's really, really good. You could build a checklist and do that for any brand, any business right now. And I think if you layer that, put a bit of Jesse Cole into it, man, that, that really is a powerful brand. The Mojo Radio Show. Pop quiz, hot shot. All right, this is a classic pop quiz. And this ties back to where we were at the start of the show with how the pandemic has changed our world. See if you can tell me who the band is. Some may be from showing up, others are from growing up. It sounds like um, it sounds like what's the name that we interviewed in season one um, that did the ACDC cover? Oh, yeah. What's their name? This uh, Stephen Seagulls. The Stephen Seagulls. Yeah. Well, it's not. <laughs> AP, what you got? I don't know, but I'm going to have a weird punt at this and say it's Springsteen. Oh, you nailed half of it. <laughs> it is. This is fantastic, and I love this. So I, I actually don't know how I came across this. I think it was in a, a blog or it was either in Forbes or, or New, New York Times. It was something I was reading, and they made reference to it. So I clicked onto it onto YouTube, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes because it's gold. It's a band called the Dropkick Murphys. Have you ever heard of them? Do you know what? I actually think I have somewhere along the way. I couldn't tell you where, why, or how, but the name does resonate with something, yes. I, I, I actually, I'd never probably buy an album or anything, but no. I love seeing a band <laughs> that has that sort of vibe of that Irish folky mandolin. I love all that style. I just find it, I just find it invigorating. Mm. Anyway, so that's a Dropkick Murphys streaming out of Fenway. And they did a, uh, a fundraiser to help companies that were doing it tough during the pandemic, and they raised $700,000. Now, what's interesting is they're in Fenway, which is a, a famous, famous baseball ground in America, and each of the band members is on one point of the diamond, and the lead singer is kind of on home plate. So they're all spread out across the diamond, and they're playing. And that song was called The Rose Tattoo. But what caught my eye was who was the featured vocal, the boss. Oh, okay. He's on the big screen. So he's in a studio somewhere, and it's a Mm. proper audio studio, Mm. playing guitar. 
and he's singing with the band, but he's on the big, like the big scoreboard screen and the band are on the diamond. But it never misses a beat. You'd, for all intents and purposes, if you couldn't actually see the video, you'd think they were in the same place together. Oh, wow. And I just find it's fascinating of innovation. It takes me back to the time when we did Boom Crash Opera back in the halcyon days of the House of M's, where we did, we were the first, first people in the world to ever have the band with each member of the band in a different city of Australia broadcasting, remember that, broadcasting live on radio and, and on Hey TV. Hey Saturday Night on Channel yeah, 9 that's right. and the internet. Yep. So we were the first ones to broadcast simultaneously on All radio, television and the, and the internet live mm-hmm. and Boom Crash Opera, the players were in each of the Triple M stations in mm-hmm. each of the capital cities. Yep. But it just, it just goes to show how, how, where we are today and I just wonder – what of this what what is what has this forced us to do that will become a new technology of live performances where suddenly you can go and see up band and who else is going to play in the band but not be in the stadium do you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean but i got to be honest i'm not a particularly big fan of that although if i was going to hear bruce springsteen doing a cover i would love to hear him doing this live <laughs> AP, Pop Quiz Hotshot, that's Bruce Springsteen doing a cover of Australian Band. The Saints' All Fool's Day was the album, and just like Firewood. Great album, right? Fantastic album, in fact, because uh, Bailey is a mate of mine, and uh, he called me when Springsteen called him to ask if he could cover the song. Oh, really? Oh, wouldn't you love to have been in on that phone conversation? Yeah, well, he told me about the conversation. He, he, at first, he's like... Springsteen's calling me? You've got to be kidding. All right, so I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, What are we going to play out with this week? Well, let me see if I can tie a few threads together and see if you agree. Uh, You're a bit of a Queensland boy. There is a great Aussie Queensland band who's had a few hits around the world called Powderfinger. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, they did their own online gig. They were all in separate locations around Brisbane, and they called it spectacularly, I think, anyway, One Night Lonely. Uh and one of their songs, one of their big hits is uh, a song called These Days, um, which talks about things not working out as you've planned. 2020 has certainly not gone that way. And a lot of the innovations we've talked about on the show today, we would never even have if 2020 had gone as planned. So maybe we should play out with Powderfinger These Days. Yep, that's a good thought. We're out. It's coming round again, the slowly creeping hand. Time and its command Soon enough it comes Settles in its place It's shadow in my face It's pressure in my day This life will it slip and right through my hands These days turn down Again, the slowly creeping hand of time and its command. It settles in its place, 
the shadow in my face It's pressure in my day But soon enough it comes And here it is again The slowly creeping end Of time and its command But soon enough it comes It settles in its place It's pressure in my day Undignified and lame Mojo Radio Show is produced and recorded in the basement of Voodoo Sound 
For more tips and tools to get your mojo working, check us out on Facebook at The Mojo Radio Show or online at themojoradioshow.com. To help us get better and give more people the opportunity to touch up their mojo, you can now find us on Patreon. Follow the links on the front page of our website and for a coffee or two a month, you'll get regular bonus material and a copy of Explosive Hits 19, the best of the Mojo Radio Show. In the meantime, to polish your next audio production, check out voodoosound.com.au. For more about Gary, see garybirtwhistle.com. And to book me, go to andrewpeters.com. Andrew Peters speaking. See you next time.